I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everybody and welcome to the Covenant Living Broadcast Praise God is going to be a good day. I'm David Weeder. This is my wife, Lynn Weeder, and we're so thrilled that you joined us today. We're honored to be able to spend time with you. Get that cup of coffee or cup of tea or a glass of water or whatever you want and just pull up to the table here. Get your Bible, notebook, pens, iPads, computer, whatever it is that you take <laughs> notes with because you're going to want to write some stuff down and refer back to it over and over and watch the broadcast over and over. That's why we have them all on the website available for you. You can just go back and Watch them and, and reignite things in your thinking and in your spirit. Father, we thank you this morning, today, for a wonderful opportunity to share your word and to teach and preach the word and the kingdom principles and laws of the kingdom. We thank you for unwrapping, unveiling the mysteries of the kingdom for us and for teaching us more and more revelation. As, as uh, one scripture says, progressive revelation more and more. And we're so thankful and grateful for the Holy Spirit, the teacher of the church, and ask you to make sure that every person on the planet that can benefit from the teaching and the preaching of these broadcasts, get it to them, sir. Whether it's shortwave, television, radio, podcast, however, internet, however you need to be sure to get it to them. Get it into their hands, into their ears, into their eyes, into their lives. And Holy Spirit, speak to them the precise things that you would have them get today to benefit their lives and take them from faith to faith and glory to glory. We thank you for it. We praise you for it in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Praise God. Well. We're going to be talking today and looking into the scriptures regarding one of the laws of the kingdom of God in which we are citizens, in which we operate, and for which we are ambassadors in this earth so that we can teach and demonstrate the things of God to the people around us to help them come into the kingdom and then not only just get into the kingdom, praise God for that, I mean... If, if we didn't have any other options, if there weren't any, if there wasn't anything past getting born again so that we could make heaven our home at the end of this thing, it would be more than worth it. But, but we're not stuck with just we're that. We're not stuck with that. Jesus did not come just for that. He came for that. But actually, you know why he came? The, the Bible is very clear about why Jesus came. And it's in, you can find it in Galatians chapter 3 to redeem us from the curse of the law. That's why he went to the cross. And a lot of, a lot of people you can ask, uh, what are we redeemed from? And they kind of like, um, well, sin? Well, yeah. It's a partial <laughs> it's answer. It's a partial answer. It's just incomplete. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, the curse of the law is spiritual death, Poverty, sickness, and disease. Well, the blessing of the Lord is spiritual life. Unfortunately, that's where a lot of people stop <laughs> right there. But they're two-thirds short 
we've got healing and wholeness and divine health and we've got prosperity and finances and so that you can he gives us richly all things to enjoy so that your family has things to enjoy they can they can have to give and bless others and i'd say some of the the most joyous times that we've had is just being able to bless people with food and bless people with this and that and and better their lives in in more than in the tangible like what James says you know what good does it do to tell someone be blessed be filled go on your way now get out of my face <laughs> and not give them not give them the coats and the right. clothes and the food and the things that they need in this life well hey if James says that that's just not good, there's no way Jesus would intend that for your life. Not only do you have spiritual recreation of your spirit, uh, but you got everything you you have access to everything you need in this earth, in this life, and it's yours. You own it. You may just not know it, and that's what we're going to be looking at: is the things that that one of the laws that regulate that. And we're going to be looking at that today. If you'll turn over to Romans. Chapter 3, we'll begin there. And we're going to establish some of the fundamentals of faith. Okay. All right. I heard you. Why study faith? <laughs> okay. Now, you're going to take notes or you're going to rewind and take notes or whatever. But I'm going to give you, I'm, just going to, I'm going to read all these scriptures, but I'm going to give them to you, okay, for reference sake. Why study faith? Number one, it is impossible to please God without faith, Hebrews eleven six. Number two, you cannot be saved without faith, Ephesians 2, 8. Number three, you cannot walk the Christian life without faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7. Number four, you cannot fight the Christian fight without faith. 1 Timothy 6.12 and 2 Timothy 4.7. Number five, you cannot overcome the world without faith. 1 John 5.1 through 4. Number six, whatever is not of faith is sin. That's in Romans 14.23. Number seven, you cannot stand without faith. 2 Corinthians 1.24 and Romans 11.20. Number eight, the gift of righteousness is by faith. Romans 10, 6, Romans 3, 22, Romans 1, 17. Number nine, you cannot function in grace without faith. Romans 4, 16, Ephesians 2, 8, and Romans 3, 1 through 2. Number 10, the word does you no good without faith. Hebrews 4, 1, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. Number 11, you cannot live the Christian life without faith. Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, Habakkuk 2.4. Number 12, you cannot quench the fiery darts of the wicked without faith. Ephesians 6.16. And number 13, one cannot receive the blessing of Abraham without faith. Galatians 3.13 and 14. So, you know, a lot of people uh, complain about preachers centering up on faith. 
Well, for one thing, that's what we're called to do. <laughs> you, you have to go, you, you know, there's, there are people that are assigned uh, to specialize in praise and worship. Mm -hmm. There's those that are specialized to teach on grace. There's those that are specialized to teach in all these different things. We're specialized to teach in faith. That's what God has assigned us to do. But no matter what else you specialize in teaching, you must incorporate faith, even if you're not a faith specialist. Right. Because of we just read because <laughs> if you're a specialist in grace, you can't you can't you can't live in what grace has provided without faith. You know. Now the same things can be said. We specialize in teaching faith, and because of that, we must teach love. Because love, faith works by love. Yeah, is is the power behind love. So anyway, that's why. We go back and teach on faith. We, we go back, you must go back every now and then and teach on the fundamentals, the basics of faith because you would never get away from the fundamentals. The, um, at the time of this taping, the next big sporting event in the United States is the Super Bowl. What are you watching when you watch the, the athletes that are executing the plays in the game of football in the Super Bowl? You are watching at this point in time this particular day, those that have mastered to the top of their their uh, capacity, their field. Yeah, their field, mastered the fundamentals of the game of football. Okay, but it's still the same fundamentals. It's the fundamentals that they used in Pee Wee. Okay, even the the uh, uh, Little League World Series, you're watching the masters of the fundamentals for that age group. You know. Now, if they go into the majors, they're still using the same fundamentals. But they've grown and they've matured and they've developed more in the fundamentals. But you still have to go back to the fundamentals. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And probably we'll only get through one fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to be looking at some of these fundamentals of faith. And the first one that I want to point out is in Romans chapter 3 and verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. So faith isn't some ambiguous floating around. Sometimes it's, you know, here and sometimes it's over there and everything like that. It, it's a law, just like the there's laws of physics. There's different applications of it. Uh, one of the things that impressed um Brother Kenneth Copeland so much when he began serving other under Brother Oral Roberts is that he, that Brother Roberts used his faith on purpose in specific situations like a mechanic used a tool. He'd grab the wrench for this situation, but he'd grab the screwdriver for this situation. Well, you might grab one aspect of faith to apply in this situation, but you might need a different aspect of faith to apply over here but it's all within the law of faith. You got it? Okay. So let's look at some of the fundamental operations of the law of faith. And of course, um, well, I tell you what, before we look at the, where you expected us to go, <laughs> we're going to get a definition. Let's get a working definition of what faith is. So if you would look that up in, in uh, Hebrews 11 in the 11. Uh, classic Amplified, I'm going to read it in the King James. 
In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, we find out the definition of faith. Now, faith is. Stop right there. Faith is now. Now, hope's in the future. You know, I sure hope so one day. Okay? Faith is now. Something you have right now. When you get to the point where it's faith, I have that right now. Even if you can't see it with these eyes, that's mine. But that also means faith isn't what you had last year for something. It mm -hmm. has to be renewed. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. like your gas tank could have been full yesterday, but then you drove and you used it, and now it's empty. Oh, that's good. And there's, you're sitting on the side of the road. That's so good. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of ministers also that get in trouble with this because they give out. They're mm -hmm. using their faith to minister to people, and they give out, and they give out, and they give out, and they never take back in. You've got to... If you're a minister, you hey, you have got to make time to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. We'll get that in a little while. Faith <laughs> comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. You've got to keep it in your ears, but you've got to keep it before your eyes. You've got to keep your tank full because you can't minister effectively, correctly, without using your faith. And so you use out, you use out, you use out, and next thing you know, you're exhausted, and it doesn't matter if you sleep for three days. It doesn't do any good. You got to recharge. You got to refill. Amen. That that was a that's side. That's a, just a side note to you there, but it's a very important one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, let's read that in the classic amplified version. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. The title deed. You know, if you give someone the title to your car, you sign it, hand it to them. They own your car. It is theirs. Now, it may still be parked in your garage. Mm -hmm. It may not be at their house yet. But it's theirs. They have the title deed for that car. Well, faith is the title deed for everything that grace has provided. Let's stop for a second here. When we were talking about there can be a law, but different ways to bring things about. Okay, I now have the title deed to a car that's parked in his garage. The law says that car is mine. How I end up taking custody of it and then being able to use it can take various forms. Maybe he's going to bring it over to me. Maybe I need to go get it from his house. In some cases, he may have changed his mind. And now I have to go through a legal proceeding to enforce the law. So that's how it can have different shapes and forms of how it finally plays out. But legally, that is mine. Mm -hmm. There's not changing that part. Mm -hmm. Maybe he um, left you the car and he passed away. It's in, his, it's in his garage. You got the title deed. You've got the will and testament saying that it's yours. So you go to get your car. But his business associate didn't, he didn't like the idea. I mean, you know. 
they were good friends. He should have left him that car. And so he stands out there in front of the car. He, you ain't getting this car. You may have to get in law enforcement involved and say, I got the title deed to this thing. I got the will and testament that says it's mine. Give me my car. Get out of the way. That's what you got to do with Satan. Just because you own it, which you do because you're a citizen of heaven, everything he's got is yours. You own healing. Satan don't like that. He's going to do everything he can to get in your way and say, nope, you can't have that healing. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm right here in your way. You ain't going to do it. Well, Satan, I got the title deed here that says Jesus bore my sickness and disease on the cross. Now get out of the way. And you may have to stand and enforce your title deed, but you have the title deed. That's what faith is. And the more you hear the word, hear the word, faith comes. And we're way down the road from where we, <laughs> where we were going to be. All right. So it is the title deed. That's what it is. Now, let's see how it operates. Go over to Mark chapter 11. Mark 11, and we'll begin in verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto him, Have faith in God. Man, what a mouthful. Yeah, but Brother David, what about all everything that the government's doing? Have faith in God. Yeah, 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 but you don't understand. My kids are out here doing this. Have faith in God. God. Yeah, but you don't understand. Satan's been able to get in here and mess my marriage all up. Have faith in God. That will answer so many of your questions. And you enter into faith rest. You enter into a place of rest. Now, that doesn't mean there's nothing to do. <laughs> but you're at rest while you do it. You're at peace yeah. while you do it. Now, the cross-reference here in my Bible, there's a little number two there next to have faith in God. And the, over here in the, in the cross-reference, it says, the Greek says, have the faith oh. of God. Well, if you stop and think about it a minute, that only makes sense. I mean, where else are we going to get it? It's from him. It's his faith. When we got born again, his faith came into us, and we are to have the faith of God. And so, have the faith of God, or have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. That's another way to say it. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I have always, always loved the fact that Jesus is our example. And he teaches us right here how faith works. 
and you have whatever you say, then for there, there, he turns around and says, because of what I just taught you, I say to you, he just turned around and uses it. Praise God. He shows practical application. Yes, exactly right. He is real life example. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this is all about is if it, you can't use this stuff in real life when you go to the grocery store, then it's, it's tough, it ain't no sense of messing with it. Just get rid of it. This stuff it works in the nitty gritty here and now. It doesn't have to wait till the glorious here and after. You can make the nitty gritty here and now the glorious right now. But you got to do it. You got to work the system. So, therefore, I say unto you. Now, in the 45 years or so that I've been in, that I, since I've been born again and, and just immersed in the word of faith, I, the, the, it seems to me that one of the biggest challenges that believers have, that, that word of faith people have, but believers in general, is with the, the saying part. Now, it's not that way with negative things. <laughs> you know, they don't have problems cussing, yeah, cussing the ranch or the sidewalk or the dog when they trip over it or whatever. They don't have any problem cussing something or, or talking to something. Oh, you In a negative. Dumb, yeah, you dumb can, you know, whatever. stupid technology. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, <clears throat> I've gotten better. Thank you he very has. much. Absolutely. <laughs> but you, you turn that around and use it in a positive like we're supposed to be doing, and people think you're crazy. They're like, yeah, look at that nut over there talking to the pencil. Well, you were the nut that was cussing at a minute ago. Come on. But believers must, they have to, put this into operation. And I always think of what the Lord told Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin, I mean, some people thought he wrote this passage, <laughs> but he didn't. But, I mean, he taught and read and taught and read and taught and read this passage over and over again. And he was reading it one day and then he was just laying there praying and the Lord said, you ever notice uh, that I said say three times more often than I said believe? He said, my people really don't have all that much problem believing that I can do something. But they got a big problem saying that I will. And Brother Hagin went back over there and he's like, hey, look at this. I've never noticed that before in my life. He said, fairly I say unto you. Okay, so that's, here's the instruction. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, there's the believe, that those things which he says, there's the say, shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Say three times, believe one time. And I like Brother Hankins. I think he does the sign, the faith <laughs> sign there. But anyway, <laughs> you, that's the emphasis that you have to put on it. And that's the emphasis you have to teach people about it to get them involved in the saying process where their faith is concerned. And so this is one of the basic, basic, basic fundamentals of faith. You have to believe it in your heart, yes. But you have to say it out your mouth. It's not good enough to believe it in your heart and then just think about it. Meditation is good, but there's a version of the translation of meditation 
That means to murmur. To mutter, yeah, mutter, mutter. murmur, say it. You got to say it. It just comes down to the bottom line. It's got to come out your mouth, and you will see these faith operations and anything, any, any scriptural victory that you see. David and Goliath, man, the faith was coming out his mouth as he ran towards that giant. The, the woman with the issue of blood, she, she got out there in the street for she, she said, said, if I can touch his garments, I'll be made whole. Praise God. Hey, don't go anywhere. I want you to see this real quick. Hello everyone, my name is Ryan Weeder, and uh, you just heard an amazing message today, a message of faith, a message of the, the gospel, Jesus, and uh, we wanted to give an opportunity for you today that if you feel it on your heart to, to give, to do so. I'll open your Bibles with me here today in, uh, to the book of Philippians in chapter 4. We'll be starting in verse 15. It says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things you sent to me, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that's what happens when you give. When you give to the gospel, it is a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. As it says here, it's at the very beginning, it's the sharing and the spreading of the gospel, touching lives, touching hearts, just being a blessing and sharing the good news of Jesus to others. And in response, God provides. It's seed time and harvest, giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. And today we want to give you that opportunity in doing so, in giving and donating to the spread of the gospel here, the spread of the word, teaching faith and blessings. And in response, God has abundance abounding toward you, supplying all your need. And again, it is that sweet-smelling aroma. It is sharing the gospel. And we want to thank you for doing so, for giving, for donating, touching lives through this donation and this offering. And we do appreciate it. We thank you for it. And say it with me. Jesus is Lord. Words of faith are so vitally important when it comes to sowing and reaping. Now, Ryan just walked you through sowing. Now, what do you do? A lot of people mess up between the sowing and the harvest um, because they'll start saying things like, well, when's it coming? Um, are we sure it's coming? Is this really going to happen? Well, the answer, you can find how to, how to keep your confession going over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. So you just, you keep the, the power of faith words going, oh, Father, I just want to thank you for that bountiful harvest. Woo, I know sowing and reaping is a law of the kingdom and it works every time. And I am just praising you for my harvest. It is so good to put in the sickle for the harvest, as your word says, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. That's how you keep the the press of faith working 
as your seed is growing and going through the stages until all the way till the harvest comes. Praise God. Hey, that's how you do these things. The one of the ways. And so I'm glad you were with us today. I'm glad you took the time to separate and spend time in the word today because that's what changes your life. Until next time, don't forget, God is always for you. And so are we. We love you and he loves you. And Jesus is Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping make this broadcast possible. For more information about our ministry, contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380. Join us again next time on the Covenant Living Broadcast.